guys. Welcome back to Mostly Balanced with Mia and Carly. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We have a solo episode today. We have lots of great questions and just topics we wanted to talk about with just us. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. It's been a few weeks since our last solo episode. So we're going to talk a little bit about early dating, troubles in relationships, attraction. And Mm -hmm. yeah, like Mia said, a lot of questions we got and some of the polls we've been doing have been very split on response. So we'll cover some of those as well. But first, we love to just chat about what we're doing and what we've been up to. I honestly feel like my aura ring is just taking over my life because I'm like (laughs) just analyzing. I'm learning like so much about, about my body and like what affects your sleep. I was reading this morning, like the Aura app gives you like all these little like articles to read every day. So I was reading today about like your normal respiratory rate and like how that it was, how that affects your sleep. I don't know. I feel like I'm just educating myself daily with my Aura ring. That's like the cool part about it, that it does give you all those little fun things to learn. I remember you were like unsure about if you wanted it or not because you thought it was going to be like in your head too much. Do you feel like it's doing that? No, but there are days where like I know I'm going to drink and like I know I'm not going to move and I just want to like take it off and put it away because I feel like it's getting mad at me. (laughs) Well, that's what rest mode is for. Yeah. Also, I just got this new product that I wanted to ask if you had tried that Osea body oil. Oh, I've never tried anything from Osea. I went to Blue Mercury yesterday and I just always see it. So I just picked it up and I used it right now after the shower and I love it. It smells so good. It feels like I'm just giving myself like a little spa treatment. Wait, I have to try it. I haven't really tried any new skincare. I'm just so dedicated to my Sunday Riley that I just don't try anything else. And then I try all my skincare devices and those things. (laughs) I did actually just get sent recently some new things from Ildi Picard, who I love and I've shared before that I love their CBD sleep mask that I use every night. It's like a very nourishing lotion that has CBD in it. It changes my skin. Like it's one of the few products that I notice a huge difference when I'm not using it. I don't even use it every night, but I use it like every other night. But they also have a serum, like a night and day serum that I just got sent and I haven't started using them yet, but I love their products. I love they have a studio in the city where they give facials. I'm actually getting one in a couple of weeks and I'm so excited. I love that. I need, I still have not tried that CBD cream or lotion, but I need that because the Sunday Riley kit, I think we both use like doesn't have all the line that we both use doesn't have a like a moisturizer and I feel in the winter I really need one I have like little samples but you always recommend it sometimes like the UFO oil I feel like is like rich enough to be a moisturizer but I think you're right in the winter I definitely like have some nights where I only use that and then I'm like okay my skin definitely needs like something a little bit more yeah but I wanted to like quickly I feel like I haven't talked about anything like pop culture or movie related I love like ever since maybe almost 10 years ago I try to watch every Oscar nominated movie. I'm always mm-hmm. so into it. I just feel like this year I don't like any of them. Last night, Dan and I tried to watch Everything Everywhere all at once and we turned it off in 30 minutes. And I think it's like primed to be the winner of many categories and I just couldn't get into it. It was kind of bizarre, but maybe one day. But wasn't the mood. And then we put on The Menu, which was more my speed last night. It's a movie on Netflix. It's with that girl who was in Queen's Gambit. And it was really good. And I'm kind of sad because at work, my coworker was recommending it and completely spoiled the movie. And I'm like, wait, I feel like you just spoiled the movie. And she's like, no, I didn't. Like everyone knows that. So last night we watched it and I don't think you find out what she told me until like an hour into the movie. (laughs) So I was kind of deprived of the shock value or the little twist, but it was still a fun interesting watch. What shows have you been watching? Did you finish Jenny and Georgia? 
No, I haven't yet, but I've been watching that. Yeah, Jenny and Georgia. And then like Jan and I are watching The West Wing. What about you? Yeah, I, I watched all of Ginny and Georgia. We already talked about Emily in Paris. I watched that. But yeah, I haven't really been watching much. Dan monopolizes the TV. I actually wanted to do a poll on this. Like if you're in a relationship who controls most of like what you're watching on TV or like dictates what's being watched, because I'm actually, this is a, like a shift in my relationship I need to make. In the beginning of relationships, I kind of was like, I didn't want to make Dan watch stuff. I'm very aware of this. I didn't want to like make Dan do things he didn't want to do. I didn't yeah. want to like put on the TV and like I would never like get on the couch and put on Emily in Paris and just sit there for hours and like Dan would just sit next to me and like be on his phone or like I don't I would never like monopolize the TV for hours. Something that he wouldn't want to watch. And that's like why? Because he does that to me with like sports and like right now he's mm -hmm. watching some Pez documentary outside. Like what if I want Pez? Is it candy? <laughs> yeah. Some documentary on Pez. I don't want to, I don't like, I wouldn't put that on right now. Yeah. I want to watch Ginny and Georgia on this Saturday morning on yeah. the couch, but I just don't, it's a behavior I don't do. I don't, still? and am I being considerate? No. Yeah. Still. Interesting. This is such an interesting topic. Yeah. Literally fall, like August to February when football's on, like September to February, Dan monopolizes the TV and just like chooses what to watch. And I feel like he's always the one like with the remote and like there's like sports, Trump, anything else that I want to watch. So that's my time for like Ginny and Georgia and Emily in Paris and Euphoria and all these shows. But I have to watch them in my room and sometimes I don't want to. So I want to sit and like be in the same room as him. So I read or I'm on my phone or I'm like doing podcast stuff. But I feel like I don't take the initiative to just be like, we're doing this unless I ask, unless I say like, okay, one's football on, I'm watching this show for like mm -hmm. a couple hours. So why am I like this? I'm feeling like I'm a very passive TV watcher in my own home. Well, this is so, I feel like this is actually like you're saying this at the exact right time for me, because this is so interesting. It's something I haven't actively thought about, but it's definitely been in the back of my mind. Well, first of all, we talked about before that similar taste in TV is like an important thing for both of us. And you and Dan have that, but then yes, obviously you also have things that like you don't both like. Yes. So I've like gone on a few dates with somebody recently. And he, first of all, he had like the classic thing on his Hinge profile that like every guy has about liking The Office. And it said like something about like The Office is the best TV show ever. Like I feel like it's actually like a written response that Hinge has. And he like had the same thing. <laughs> that kind of made me feel, even though I'm not like a huge office fan, just because I think it's funny, but I've never like watched it start to finish. That kind of TV made me think we would have the same taste in TV. But then when I brought up like what TV shows do you like, which actually weirdly didn't come up until like date three. And I wow. feel like that's usually oh like God. an early on date conversation. <laughs> he like couldn't name a single TV show. What? He seems like the kind of person that watches YouTube, like educational videos or something, or like weird YouTube videos. And that <laughs> usually YouTube is like a big turn off for me. educational YouTube videos? Like videos about like how to start your own company. Okay. Video, like videos about like anything that he would be curious about. He would like type it into YouTube and then like watch a video about it. Okay. Which like I felt in my head that I was like weighing this too heavily. Like I felt like I was like, why do I care what TV show this person likes? But then at the same it's time, it's extremely like, important. Yeah. Like I feel like it's <laughs> important, but I also am not going to meet a guy who like wants to sit on the couch and watch like season one, one tree hill. You know what I mean? So I feel like I have to yes. be like a little bit like there's like a Venn diagram yeah. of my TV and Dan's TV or like your TV and your partner's TV. And like in the center is like all the shows that like we both love and we have a very similar love for television of like a lot of, I don't know, like hour-long dramas like we loved Mad Men and Sopranos and like Breaking Bad yeah. from back in the day and, and you met in media so it's we like met in media and like any new show on like that's really buzzy like we watch together 
then on his side is like football, sports, and and past documentaries, <laughs> random ass documentaries that he finds, which sometimes I love. I have so much to say on this topic. Me too. And also like war movies. He like we have very different movie style. There's a very like a smaller Venn diagram of the movies we like. <laughs> and he's also this is just something I have to say because I don't think I've ever verbalized it. I it's a pet peeve of mine to just like turn on the TV and start a movie that's just running on like a cable channel from the begin from the middle. Oh. I just like I like what are you doing? This is a waste of time. Like a movie to me is an experience to like commit to and watch start to finish. Wait, even if you've seen it before? Maybe if I like have literally nothing else to watch and I'm like cleaning and like knocked up is on fine. (laughs) But I just like would never be like, oh, here's an hour and a half into like Mean Girls. Let me just throw it on to watch the end. I don't know. But anyway, that's like his viewing behavior. And then on my Venn diagram is like all those shows I mentioned, like things that he would probably like not care if I had on passively when he was around. But like we're not watching together. Right. And I think that middle of the diagram needs to be like a major overlap. I agree. So I, I I feel like that's like the perfect way of verbalizing it because in my head, it was like all jumbled up. And I was thinking like, I don't understand like what I'm expecting somebody to like the exact same things, but it's that overlap that's important. Like you have to have some of the same things that you want to watch. Yes. I also do feel sometimes I'm one of those people that when someone asks me like, what's your favorite restaurant in the city? Or like, what TV do you, do you like? I suddenly like go blank, blank and I can't remember Same. anything I've ever watched. Same. And so I feel like you should like honestly go into early dates remembering those things about yourself because it can yes. be hard to like conjure them up on the spot. Honestly, whenever I'm asked, what's your favorite movie? I just draw a blank. It's like, I've never seen yeah. a movie before. And you've seen like every movie. <laughs> no, I haven't. That's also like a funny thing with me and Dan. I, but I think it's just, we have such different. Yeah. Intro, like like I want to watch a rom-com or like I don't know some of the select like good movies I like to watch like Oscar movies but I don't know Dan wants to put I've never seen like any war movie I've never seen like any classic movie. yeah I do remember you saying that but it's like a joke between you and Dan oh, yeah. that you've just like Haven't never seen, seen a movie never seen a movie. I feel like this is kind of in theme with some of the stuff we're going to talk about today because we want to talk about like early on dating yes. And this is like such a small thing that just for some reason, Mia and I like both put emphasis on because it's like something that's like that we really like and that we enjoy. It was in my wedding vows. Right. So that could be like (laughs) Like somebody might really feel like they are obsessed with like, I don't know, working out and they like really need somebody who like at least has an interest in working out, even if it's not like the same workouts as them. Like you just have like your key things and you don't have it doesn't have to be the same as everybody else so like if you're listening to this and you're like I literally could not care less what my partner watches on tv then that's not a big thing for you and I honestly don't think it should be like a deal breaker for anybody like I'm by no means saying like this guy no doesn't like the same tv as me so I'm not gonna yeah I don't know tv is so important to me that I think and any if I look back at any connection with someone I had I feel like early bonding was was always about like tv shows and it's is important to me I feel like I wouldn't I don't know. Like that, I think would fall on my like must have list that we have a similar taste in TV. It's my self care. Yeah. But one of the things we're going to talk about is like things to happen before you're exclusive. Do you think you have to like sit on the couch and watch TV? (laughs) I'm like not even kidding because like I'm thinking about like Alana Dunn when she came on the podcast, like her and Jake had that like long date where they went back and watched like One Tree Hill. Like my sister and her husband, like their first date, they went back to his apartment and just like watched hours of True Blood because that's like oh one God, that was on. <laughs> Maybe it is important to just like hang out and like watch TV with somebody before you're exclusive. I think so because if I think <laughs> about my life and all the time that I spend like at work, 
at the po- doing the podcast. A huge chunk of my time is also sadly sitting yeah. on the couch and watching TV at night. It's like I just said, my self care. I like to do it. It's my like one of my favorite things to do. Watch like a show that I'm like dying to see. And if Dan was like not into thing. it, what would I? We would just be separate for the whole night, or I would have to change like give something important about what I want in my day. I don't know. It is important. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like it's like an end of the night thing. It's how I like end almost every single night unless I'm like going out and have plans. But it's also like a fun, like, I don't know, like if you're not doing anything on like a Sunday morning, there's something so great about like watching a movie when it's like light outside and you're just like inside, and you don't have anything else to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, we are going to talk about things that are important to happen before you become exclusive with someone. And I don't know, maybe TV, sitting on the couch and watching TV is one of them. Yeah. And I love this because it just came up so randomly. We never would have thought of it before. So if you're listening and you have like a random thing that you think is important, we should put a question box on Instagram to see like what things you think you have to check off before you're not necessarily exclusive because I've learned recently that there's a difference between being exclusive and being someone's girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. I still don't like quite understand the difference. I've said it before. I don't think like you need an exclusive stage where you're not dating anyone else but each other and like an official stage because well so I, like, I don't didn't know. understand it when we talked like, to Alana about it but now I kind of feel like I do. I understand. Okay. I don't think it's something that's important to me, but I do understand why it's maybe important to other people. Like the explanation of like, I am not interested in like going out, going on like a random first date right now. And I've been on a few dates with someone else. Like I'd rather put my energy into like seeing what happens with them. Yes. And then also like into other things in my life. Like I feel like it can be a lot to be going out with a lot of different people. So I understand the perspective of somebody wanting to do that, but I don't understand the perspective of them like then needing to know that like right. you're doing it too and that you guys are both exclusive. Yeah. I agree. It's like a, I don't know if it's like a jealousy thing that actually kind of reminds me of something else I wanted to ask you of like, (laughs) because of something that you said, maybe it was yesterday or the other day about someone being clingy. And I was Mm. thinking about like, do you think that it's like a, what's the word I'm thinking of a stereotype? Or like, do you think that this is like a thing that girls are clingy and guys are controlling? Is there a difference between like being clingy and controlling? Because I feel like you hear so many people talking about like their boyfriend or someone being controlling and then the girl, if they're acting that way, they're kind of like clingy. But like, what is the difference between those two things? Or crazy. I feel like the controlling would be crazy. Yeah, it's like they're crazy for a girl. Yeah. I can't decide what the differentiator is between clingy and controlling. (laughs) If I were to say, describe clingy, I would say someone who is more like needy, like needs a lot of like contact like a lot of texting like kind of work gets like freaked out or worried if there's not like a re- immediate response or like needs I don't know I feel like clingy is like needing to more uh validation of communication or yeah, seeing like each other be yeah there all the yeah. time wants to be together and then controlling is like they just are controlling over what you're doing yeah I think so yeah and then I think if a guy is calling a girl crazy that's his way of saying she's trying to be controlling to be like you can't go out with your friends or I'm going to be mad at you if you go out with your friends or why are you staying out late or text me every five minutes when you're out yeah he would call her crazy yeah yeah but she's trying to control the situation like I've been in that situation before where I'm like early on in dating 
or with like, with like an ex-boyfriend need him to text me every five minutes when he's out with friends or like, what are you doing? Did you move? Did you go somewhere else? Like I'm trying to control a situation that has nothing to do with me. Yeah. But it's also crazy to him. Yeah. I think controlling is like a trigger for me. And then clingy is like just a tur- like it's just not attractive. Mm-hmm. But I also do think that is a me thing because sometimes I can think someone is clingy when really they're just like yeah. expressing how they feel and like they're being like a secure person. Yes. I think clingy is more of like what they need from you and controlling is more of like them like telling you not what to do. Yeah. All of these things can be solved by like early on communication. Yes. I feel like you just have to have that like open, honest communication. Honestly, like as early on as like you start seeing somebody, like even this conversation we're having about exclusivity and what people need for before that happens or like what people want in that department. Like, like I'm saying, I understand people's perspective on wanting that on their side, but I, I am more on the side of Mia where like, I don't think there is much of a, there's like not a need for that step. Right. I, and I think I always come back to like Jared Freed's point of view on this of like communication and like defining the next, it's not like asking or coming to an agreed upon decision. Like when you're, when you tell someone, I like you, I'm not seeing other people. That's like you coming out and stating what you're doing. Like always speak in like the I statements of what you want. I don't think being exclusive needs to be like, well, I won't see it. People anymore go on dates. Like if you won't, like let's decide right. and do the same thing. And then we're on the same page. I think you approach dating and relationships and with being really honest with what you want because what's going to be healthy for you and where you are. Like, yeah, I don't want to go out and see other people. That's where I am. Now here's space for you to consider like what you want and maybe you're on the same page or maybe you're not there yet. Exactly. I feel like Jared's logic is spot on for this. That's like the best response to have for it. And I honestly think you can say that to somebody if you're not on the same page as them and they're like putting more on finding out what you are versus what they are. You could say like, listen, like that's, I'm really glad to hear where you're you're at. This is where I'm at. Like, and it's not like, it doesn't mean that you're not ever going to get to the same place. It just means that in the start, it's very, very common that in the start, you're not going to be on the exact same page as someone. Right. I think it's extremely difficult to find someone. You're at different points of your life. You're at different, like your careers are completely different. Your friend circles are completely different. You might've just moved or like been, you might've just gotten on the apps when someone else has been on the apps for five years. I think this is like... Someone is in the HOV lane and someone's in like the regular traffic. And the one in the HOV is like ready for wherever they're, they're, we're both going in the same direction, but like one person's like- You'll both get there eventually. Really speeding along. The other person's changing lanes and like dealing with more traffic, but you like, you know, eventually will like come to a point where you'll meet. Or you won't. And that's fine too. You know, like like it's just, it's just- (laughs) Yeah. So some of the things that we did ask on our poll in the realm of before exclusivity, actually only a couple, one of them we asked if it's important to meet each other's friends before dating exclusively. They were both split so evenly. So this one was, what do you think was the majority? Uh, I forget. Was the majority on it's not necessary? Yeah. The majority, 55% said not necessarily and 45% said yes, definitely. This is where I'm like, if I phrase this question is it important to meet friends before being in a relationship or being official, then I think the answers would change. Maybe nothing really does matter before you're – I don't know. I don't know what exclusive means. (laughs) Yeah. I think we need to ask this again with like the in a relationship because if anybody disagreed, I would be shocked. Like 
obviously I meeting someone's friends. I actually think, and I'm curious to hear what you think, but I, because we talked about this with family, I actually think I care way more about meeting their friends than them meeting mine, which is an interesting take, but I, it's because like seeing how someone acts around their friends is such a representation of them and seeing how they act around my friends. Like, I feel like it's just kind of like, they're going to act the same way they have been around you, but like around their friends, that's like them. Like that's getting to know. It's so hard to get to know somebody as like an adult, especially like in your thirties. I feel like it's just like, there's been so much life. It feels like so much pressure to like learn who that person really is. And seeing them around their friends, I feel like can make, can bring you forward like 10 steps. I feel like. Yes, I agree. I think that you are so much like the people you surround yourself with and meeting someone's friends is you kind of see what they're like behind closed doors or like without you there, you're Mm -hmm. getting a glimpse into the interactions they have, their types of interests, like the way they're friends. I don't know. I don't think necessarily if they're friends, like they're not a representation of them necessarily. Right. But I think in a lot of ways, it's a great way to like see how this person really is. Yeah. I honestly liked Dan better around his friends than mine. Yeah. Cause you get, you got saw like the true him. It's kind of like what we've talked about before. Like why people like people at work so much because they get to see like how they are in like their daily environment. Yeah. And I don't like, I love hanging out with Dan and his friends. I also like really like his group of guy friends and I like the partners that they have and I, we have so much fun and like Dan is really fun and comfortable around his friends. So it was a great way for me to see like who he really is. Um, and then it actually was a little weird when I started bringing him around my friends cause he was shy and like, he's trying yeah. to get to know like a whole group of my people. And it was just a different version. So like I used to like much rather, and I feel like guys, I don't know, maybe this is just like Dan and like his, I feel like I see this trend a lot that like the guys bring around like their girlfriends and wives and like in a big group more often than like a girl group of friends brings their like significant others around. I don't know if that's just my experience. No, I think it's so true. And I think it's interesting because now I'm thinking about like, I still do agree that I care more personally about like seeing them around their friends. But I guess like that means, I guess that would mean that like both of them are equal because I would want that person to like have that experience seeing me at like out of my shell more Mm -hmm. like with my friends and everything. So I do think I think it's absolutely necessary. I think we have to reframe it with like a relationship spin because the exclusivity thing is just the thing that like, again, I get the difference, but I don't see the the need for it. I don't I don't think I've ever dated anybody where I'm like, this is going so well, I have to make sure we're exclusive. I've dated a lot of people where I'm like, this is going so well, I want them to be my boyfriend. But like, I've never had that like in between step. Mm -hmm. But friends, definitely very important. What was the other one we asked? Um, Having sex. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, again, I actually do think that even before that exclusive step, it's definitely important. I think before either of them. But I understand maybe why people would wait to have sex with someone until they are exclusive because then that eliminates the fear of like, or like it just makes you feel safer that this person is not like sleeping with other people. Yeah. We're exclusive. So it's just us, but I don't know. Let's talk in a relationship yeah. because again, that's kind of like how I meant the those questions to be, I guess. Um, a thousand percent you need to have sex before you're in a relationship. Unless like you're someone. waiting for marriage or something. Yeah. I mean, like for me, right. I understand. Like I respect people's decisions of waiting or religious reasons or cultural reasons. But for me and like I think for you – sex before defining a relationship is extremely important. I I feel like it's very, very important. Either way, I think yeah, it's important to know Mm -hmm. if you if it's a value of yours to make sure that the person that you're sleeping with is only sleeping with you, then 
it's important to make sure that that's like checked off the list before you have sex with somebody. If that's not something that's important to you, then obviously just like make sure that you're being safe and all of that. But I do think, yeah, it's a huge part of a relationship. I think that, I mean, I know that like I fully believe that it's, I don't think there's (laughs) this, I don't know. I don't think there's, I just said this to my friend last night. I don't think that there are, there's no anybody who's like bad at sex. Like it's how the two of you are together. And we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I just think that it's like, you could have, you could have like a history of like having really great sex and then you could have sex with this new person and it's not good. And it's not because of them. It's because like either you need to communicate about what you guys want. Like, I just think like the older you get and the more experienced you get and the more you go through these situations, you realize that like, it's such a come, it's such a, result of the two of you together versus just like Mm -hmm. what you bring to the table or like what they bring to the table. Yeah. I think that like you could have a experience with someone and like think that they're bad, but I agree that it's not like they're bad forever. And that's that like it's communicating about what you want. Yeah, definitely. And it's also attraction comes into play here too. And like we've talked about that last week and it's something that's like important to both of us. Like I really do think that you have to have like attraction to somebody to to like move forward. So are you saying that you don't, do you still think it's important to have sex prior? Like even if you think like it can, even if it's like not great right away, like it could get better. But do you think there's like a sexual experience that you would have that you'd be like, no, I actually don't want to be in a relationship with this person or it's important for other reasons? I think that 90% of the time I would, even if I thought it wasn't great, I would still want to like try again and like talk about it and like move forward if I'm still like interested in that person on all other levels. But I also do think there are scenarios that I can think of where it it was like, okay, never again. Like just, I feel like there are things like there's a difference between it not being great and it just being like, okay, we're not going to work together. Like, I feel like you can't fix every scenario. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a feeling. Like if you get like the ick or Mm -hmm. that chemistry or that attraction, like even if it's like not necessarily the best sex ever, you should still both be like super excited about the experience happening. And I think then from there it will just improve. But if like one of you is just like not into it. Yeah. So uh, yes, I do think both of those things, meeting the friends, having like that physical relationship, yeah. both of them are really important before you like fully commit to somebody. In my opinion, like maybe those aren't important things to you. Maybe like you're dating someone, I don't know, maybe you're like later in life or you're dating someone who like you guys don't have like a huge, neither of you has like a huge friend group or like a lot of friends you hang out with all the time. Like it's not maybe necessarily an important thing for you. I definitely don't think you have to meet someone's family before you're exclusive, nor do I think you should meet someone's family before you're exclusive. Yeah, no. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, yeah I've never no. regretted like not meeting someone's family. You know what I mean? Like I've regretted meeting them too soon and then like the relationship not working out. Yeah. I think even once you are in an official relationship, you don't meet the family right away. Yeah. A thousand percent. And then a couple other questions we got about like early on dating. Okay. So this question was about how often the person is texting you. So they said, does it matter? And how do you assess whether they're not a texter or they're breadcrumbing you? I can't think of breadcrumbing and not think of Jared. Yeah. (laughs) And he was like, Jared the breadcrumber. (laughs) Um, I'm assuming that this person is in a situation with someone who doesn't text much. Right. And okay. So they, this is like so interesting. I actually like speaking of Jared, they were just chatting about this on you up as well. And I was listening, but texting styles, like communication styles is a huge part of 
like getting to know someone because I think we do, we each do have our own like yeah. communication styles. I'm very like a texty person. I always have been. I like wanted to text early on and some people just are bad. I don't know. Like I don't know if I agree if people are just like bad at their phones, but I think some people just like texting is not as important to them. So I think it's important. It is like as you're dating someone and figuring that out, I think it's not, it's not wrong. Like you don't have to think of it as just like a silly topic to bring up, but I do think you can communicate about, Hey, I'm actually, I like to text. Um, or like I noticed in this situation, maybe like I noticed we don't really uh, talk that much between dates. I like to like keep up with texts and like have conversations throughout the day. Maybe not exactly in that way, but you could be like, Hey, is everything cool? Because I love to, I expect a little more communication. (laughs) I I, I love texting. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I feel like that's like pretty similar to what I responded to this person. I don't know. I don't think that there's such thing as a bad texter. I think there's a such thing as somebody who doesn't love to text. That's like certainly a, a understandable thing if somebody just doesn't love it, but there's not, they're not like bad at it. Like if they don't love it, but they know that you love it, then they'll make some effort to like text you a little bit. It doesn't mean they're going to suddenly do like a 180 and be like texting you nonstop every day, every update. But if you do, like Mia saying, like say something very like lightly or casually, like I noticed you're like not texting at all right. between dates. Are you just not a big texter? Yeah. Just say that and then see what they say. And you can even say like, yeah, I constantly have my phone on me. I'm always texting like yeah. just something like that. And then see how they like, respond to that. And then if they still don't, then say like, if you do start to get like more down the road with them, then yeah, say like, I actually would like really like it if we at least like had some communication on the days that we're not seeing each other. Right. And I don't think in the early dates, you should be texting all the time. That picks up once you have more of an established relationship with someone and you have inside, you have stuff to talk about. I don't think like chit, random chit chat is too necessary between early on dates, but especially if your dates aren't that consistent, like communication between them as you progress is important. And I think texting is like an easy way to do that. Like checking in throughout the day, like sending funny things to each other. It's like, I think I just weighted it as important to me because I look back in relationships and it is ways that my relationships have progressed. And like it is, it was a huge form of communication that was used in like the early stages with like Dan. Yeah. For instance. I And this is like such a personal opinion, but I honestly would say like, I wouldn't put any weight on it until date three. I feel like date three, you've been out with this person three times. Obviously it depends like how spaced out those things have been and like how interested you are in them. But like, then I think there should be at least some, I think it would be weird to me if I went on a third date with somebody and we had connection where we, we were like planning to go on a fourth. And then I went like multiple days and just like, they ne- never yeah. texted me. That would be so weird to me. Yeah. I actually never think you should be like texting all day, every day. No, I just think that's not necessary. Like I do that with like friends, but it's not, I feel like in a relationship, it's not necessary, especially like the beginning part is fun because you are getting to know them. And I just feel like I've definitely like regretted texting with somebody like too much early on. And then it's like, then even if you're the one who's not interested and you stop, it's kind of like you almost like miss that, even though you're not interested in them because you like had that constant communication and it was like fun. But yeah, I, I think it's a completely different thing from breadcrumbing. If this is somebody who you are not like date, like haven't been on dates with at all. And then they like every other week or every week, like text you something, then yeah, that's breadcrumbing. But if it's someone you're dating and they're just like not too consistent with texting, I think it's just something you can mention. I agree. Well, I guess just like to wrap up the early on in dating, because we were just talking so much about exclusivity. I did find that poll to be so interesting because we did one about like when you should have the exclusivity conversation. And we said one month, two months, three months or longer. 
and it was so evenly oh, split. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. 33% said one month, 34% said two months, 28% said three months, and then 5% said longer. So the majority said one or two months. Yeah. I was shocked by how many people well, said one I month. don't know because now that I'm thinking about it, and okay, I think if you're getting into a relationship with someone, I would say like three-month mark. You've went on lots of dates. You are pretty much like integrated know that you're – Yeah, and you like know each other. Or like you're both kind of on the same page and then a relationship – defining the relationship conversation and you are entering a relationship around three-month mark, I think – makes sense and is like normal. I don't know, maybe like exclusivity if you go on like it depends on how many dates, how much time there's been between them, like your connection. I think it could vary between like 1 to 2 months. But I think there's a lot of factors. There's so many. I also think it's not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> I think like the moral of this episode is that we don't believe in exclusivity. <laughs> okay, so I guess moving on because we've been getting a lot of questions too from people who are actually in relationships and navigating some like common issues that happen when you've been with someone for a little bit longer. Mm. We did ask how many people have ever done couples therapy and I was shocked that only 20% had done it. Yeah, it doesn't shock me. But also at the same time, that's like, kind of a big chunk. Yeah. When you think about the number of people that's like, oh, wow, 20% have, 80% haven't. And I also think that could be skewed because people who are single could be answering and just saying that they've never done couples therapy. That's true. But I do think like, I don't find many couples like my peers who go to couples therapy. I think I like, I made Dan, (laughs) I like asked Dan and he agreed when we were engaged and like heading towards marriage. And I've explained before, like other people, like we're both Catholic. We weren't doing a Catholic wedding. Other people are forced to go to pre-Cana where they're forced to like, not forced, <laughs> they're encouraged to go to pre-Cana. It's part of the process and they're encouraged to answer a lot of questions about finances and conflict and communication and whatever. And I think I, it was very important to me to go to couples therapy. I was actually, I had my Botox appointment yesterday and I was chatting with my (laughs) technician and she this weekend we talked about what we were doing this weekend and she was like going to she and her friend were like going to her her family's lake house because her friend just broke off her engagement and they were supposed to get married in May so they like just ended things so they were gonna go and like spend the weekend together like she was a bridesmaid so she was like let's just get out of here and like spend the weekend together and She said, I just think when people get engaged, a lot of the conflict and issues really bubble up to the surface. She's like, I don't know. I'm not engaged. I never have been, but it kind of seemed like that's what happened with them. And I said, 100% that happens. And I think, yes, like if little fights and little conflicts and little communication issues are just like glossed over when you're dating. And I think when you get engaged, at least for me, I was like, okay. It's not like our fights and our conflicts are worse, but it's just like I'm very heightened to the fact that like our style of dealing with conflict hasn't changed. We need to go to couples therapy because I don't like it's just so much more prominent and in my face that we're getting married and there's a lot of ways that this could be improved. Yeah. It's just like we've said before, like you've said, it's a something to have like in your give you the tools to work out things in your relationship or to know how to communicate with them or to just like advance the relationship in general. Like maybe it's not your thing. Maybe your thing is like listening to podcasts and learning more about your communication style that way or reading books or things like that. I guess like, yeah, I feel like we've even had guests who are like really, I feel like well-versed in the relationship dating space and like have a lot of great advice. And they are like, 
you shouldn't have to go to couples therapy unless something's wrong. Like, I feel like people just have sort of that connotation in their head. So I do definitely understand why so many mm-hmm. people have not done it. But I also have been, someone who's n- I've never done it before. Like I've never been in a relationship where it's like been something we decided to do. But I do think it's like a very, very helpful thing for sure. It was like Dan and I didn't go many times. We probably committed a few months to it. It also was really expensive, which is a factor for people and part of the reason we stopped going. But I also like did notice significant improvements and mm-hmm. just more awareness, like general awareness of when a conflict comes up. We both were in the same session for an hour, an hour, like learning and talking about this and dissecting it. So when something came up, it was now like very obvious to both of us, like, oh, this is the thing. And this is like how I'm supposed to handle it now. So it was like just brought things up to the surface in a more transparent way. Yeah, I could definitely see why that would be helpful. I wanted to get your opinion on this question we got this week. Contemplating moving in with my boyfriend of two years, kind of scared it will sabotage things. Anxiety question mark? Um, I think this is a normal fear, any change in a relationship that's going to like shift your dynamic. I think it's very normal to be like, oh my God, how's this going to change our relationship? And like, I think that gets so normal if like one partner gets a new job and like their life is going to change in some way. I think it's so normal to like just think of how anything's going to change your relationship. I think you should be excited to move in though. And if you're having fears around that. I think getting clear on what they are, like why, how did she word the question again? Or he kind of scared it will sabotage things. Yeah. Like why is that your first reaction? I think your yeah. first reaction is normally like, okay, what's going to change? And are we going to smother each other and like not have enough space? Are we going to stop like missing each other? Is this going to like end the romance? the honeymoon phase. I feel like that's what she means though by sabotage things. Like I feel like she means like, is he going to learn something about me that then he's not going to want to be with me kind of thing. Like, and I do understand that, but I also feel like, I don't know. I just feel like this is why it's, I definitely think it's normal to have like some hesitation, some level of like fear, but I think this is why, like, I honestly believe that before you move in with someone, you should like basically be living with them anyway. You know what I mean? Like you should already be spending so much time together that there aren't going to be any huge surprises. Of course, there'll be like the little things, but like, I don't think you should be that nervous that like there, that something's going to like be sabotaged because something you'll learn about them or they'll learn about you. You should already know each other on like a very fundamental level. Unless you like really live far away from each other or like different states and like you couldn't have been, this was long distance until now, or then that's a little different, but I totally agree agree with you. I think don't prematurely move in with someone. I think you should kind of already know this is going to be a good thing. And yeah, then once you move in, like you will start like learning how to set boundaries and like spend time apart. And you kind of like it takes a little while to get in your groove, but then you're able to like live your very Mm -hmm. independent lives while also being together. And that's very important to not sabotage a relationship. Yeah. One of my friends, like recently she was in a distance relationship and then she moved to the city where he lives and they didn't choose to move in together, even though they had been yeah. together for two years. She moved into her own apartment I think that's and smart. then they ended up breaking up like a month later. And so it was like a good thing, obviously, that they didn't decide to move in together. And that's kind of like what I mean that like you should already have that like mm-hmm. closeness before you move in together yeah. because you don't have that when you're in distance relationships most of the time. And then another one that we kind of talked about before we started recording this that I'm curious to talk more about. Boyfriend is not a planner. Hard to get him to commit to anything. I'm not a planner either, by the way. So how would you navigate this? I answered this. I think that I'm also not really a planner. Dan actually like kind of is a planner, but I 
I really like this question because I think like a lot of people can relate to it. I think often in a relationship, one person's more of a planner than the other. Um, I think I told her like she she admitted like she's also not a planner, like he's not planning anything, but I'm also not a planner. So I think like they're both actually a little bit at, like they could both do better here. And I do think or, and I think early on, like I always have defaulted to like the my partner, or, like the guy planning. But I do think once you're in a relationship or like going like for many more dates, like you're a little more established, it's important to each be contributing to that, like giving ideas. So I think just like it, I think to keep holding each other accountable. I think I recommended to this girl to maybe alternate weeks to have like a set date if they like can't commit. Like, I don't know, maybe like Fridays or Thursdays or Saturdays are going to be like your day and you can alternate weeks of like proposing or making a plan, which I think is a good idea to like get creative and like keep things fresh and fun. Like maybe I want to take that advice into my own relationship, but yeah, unless you're getting the feeling that he's like, just like not into it, then that's a completely different situation of like, he's right. not making plans. But I think cause she said boyfriend, I feel like yeah. it's not, that, that's not the case, but I, I'm actually really impressed. You remember like exactly the advice that you gave. <laughs> and when I was reading this, when I was looking at questions to answer today and I was reading this response, I like couldn't remember if you wrote it or me. Cause I felt like it was very similar to what I would say yeah. too. But I, I mean, I agree. I actually do really think that like, and this is again, like just my, my perspective and my opinion before you're like in a relationship or at least like the earlier dates, I do agree with you that like, I feel like it, not that it should, but it does tend to be the guy planning. And I like that. Like, I like that the guy plans and takes initiative. I think you can yeah. like throw ideas in the mix, but I like that having them plan, but then I honestly feel like it like completely flips, at least in my experience, then when I am in a relationship with someone, it's suddenly the girl plans like everything. Yeah. I'm not even like really a, a planner, but yeah. I like, have so many things I want to do. So I'll be the one that's like, oh, we should go to this or we should do this. And I kind of like that. I don't think that you like have to have like, and I know you don't think you have to either, but like, I don't think you have to have like a 50, 50 split. But like, I do think if it seems like both of you are not really taking initiative, it's a good idea to do what Mia said and have like an every other kind of thing. But planning, like, I think just like get the word planning out of here. Cause that kind of like stresses me out too. Like just like think about things you want to do and what you want to do and like suggest you do them with your partner. I like, I still like Dan does a lot of the fun planning. Like he, he'll like surprise me or like he'll, yes, he'll like very proactively buy tickets for things and he'll just like make a plan. He'll be like, what are you doing this date? And I think what I was saying earlier, and these are like things I navigated in therapy and in couples therapy that I never wanted from the beginning. Like Dan got out of a relationship where he was like before me, he was like pressured into Mm. doing things he didn't want to do. So when I started our relationship, that was baggage I took from that. That's like maybe subconsciously come into like why I don't like put on whatever I want on TV and like let Dan take the lead and like why Dan has like Mm. made plans because I never wanted to like force him to do something he never wanted to do. These are things that I had to become conscious of what I'm doing, but I, I love that he makes plans. He like does really fun things and comes up with like takes initiative, but he's also expressed to me, like you never plan anything. And I had to like get over that like weird fear from the early on dates, early on times of like why I wasn't doing that. This was actually like a whole conversation we had in couples therapy this summer. Like she asked, like Dan, if Mia said like I made, I got us tickets to go X, Y, and Z on like February 10th, would you be happy? And he said, yes. But then like sports, this is bizarre. Like sports comes into it too. Like I have to keep in mind his like football schedule. So there's like weird. 
wants it. (laughs) No, but I totally agree. I feel like it can be, I also think early on, maybe I default to the guy because I feel like usually they're paying and I don't want to be like, we should go to this place. If like, then you feel like they're, you're going to like, they're going to feel like they have to pay kind of thing. But once you're in a relationship, yeah, I think it just like take kind of the pressure off of it and just think of fun things that you want to do. Like, what would you be asking your friend to do? And just like suggest them. It doesn't like, but I also, if it's like a trip, obviously I get it. If it's annoying, if you're dating someone who just like doesn't plan and you're not a planner either, then it can be stressful. Yeah. If you're neither of you are planners, you end up doing nothing and I get Mm -hmm. it relationship starts to feel stale and boring. (laughs) We kind of answered this a little bit, but this was a question we got. She said, my boyfriend will not hang out with me and my friends. It's frustrating to me. I wish there were close thoughts. So this is a little different than like wanting your partner to meet your friends early on in a, before being exclusive, you're in a relationship now and your partner's just not making any effort or does not get actively does not get along with your friends. And it's frustrating. This is a major red flag, I think. Yeah. I mean, the wording of it definitely is a little bit troubling to me. Like, will not <laughs> hang out with my friends is like very intense. But then I do think then the end of it, I want them to be close. Like, I don't know. I just don't think they have to be close. So I feel like maybe you guys are just like, again, in two yeah. different lanes on the highway. Like, I think maybe you can meet somewhere in the middle and say like, I would love you to hang out with my friends more, but I don't think you should put such high expectations right. on them being close. Maybe I'm just like reading into that word too much. They definitely cannot just say they they won't hang out with them. Right. Like that's a big part of your life or your friends. And so they need to be willing to hang out with them too. I would be very curious if you're going and hanging out with their friends and they're just not coming to yours or like and why? maybe they're not like a really social person. I just don't know. Yeah. Are you just not making like, like, are you making plans and your partner's just saying no, or if you're going alone, I'm not coming. That's crazy. <laughs> and why? And yes, I totally agree with you. I don't think that you or partner needs to be like best friends with your friends. I think maybe as we like grow up, like maybe that was the case in like high school and college. It was super important for your partner to be like close with your friends. But I think as you're like becoming an adult, <laughs> I don't think that's necessary, like necessarily important. Yeah. Like I'm thinking because I like used to be closer with Dan. I feel like you just don't have to be like close, but obviously I like love hanging out with Dan. I love when he's there and like he would hang out with us. Like we would go out all the time in the beginning and he, yeah. he would hang out with us. So I feel like they just have to be like open. But I think like you are like close with Dan and I think like you're just it's not like we're hanging out I guess all the that's time. It. I guess like we just don't hang out over, You'd be like, it, you, I feel like you are friends and like kind of have like have had your own friendship in the past. Right. Like we were closer before you guys. I feel like before, like we used to be closer, like even before. I don't think we're, I guess, yeah, I don't think we're not close, but I'm just, I guess what I'm getting at is like, I wouldn't call Dan like my best one. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't feel like super close with somebody's, but I do understand the desire for them to at least have like a relationship. Yeah. Cause like it would be so weird if like I didn't have any relationship with your husband or like my other friends, like right. significant others. And as you, I've have like with both Dan's group of friends and mine, like we've gone on, I've gone on trips with him and his group of friends. And like, yes, I think I am like close with his friends. Um, and, but I don't like for a while, I don't think Dan was necessarily close with my friends, but you Mm. do like, we've had to travel for weddings and we go to weddings with groups. And I think having a friendship there is important. And if a partner's refusing to do that, then that's going to make that extremely awkward. And I think close meaning they have independent relationships and like, they can like text on the, I don't know. That's weird. I don't think that like, yeah, I think I read too much into the word close. I think I'm definitely agreeing with her. Like they need to, they need to be able to spend time with them. I guess we already did talk about this, but like, I definitely wouldn't be in a relationship with someone unless like you had already met them and like uh, 
like not like approved, but like you also liked them. And I could tell that like you guys would mesh well together. I just think it's like, it's more than just checking off them meeting your friends. It's like, do they fit in with the group? Like they don't have to be again, like a main character in the group, but like they should definitely fit in. I guess it depends on your own relationship and your own friend dynamic. If you have a great group of friends that goes on two trips a year together and you spend like get together with like game night and you're like, then, okay, I understand like in your life and your situation and what you value having someone who can blend right in makes sense. But if you like, it's less of a important part of your life than just having a partner who's cordial with friends is fine, you know? Yeah. But in this scenario, I would tell them that this is like a voice against Bizarre. them. This is something that's important to you and yeah. you want them to have some sort of relationship with your friends. And you can even say like, you don't need to be best friends with them. But while, when I'm going and doing these activities with them, like I want you to be present there. Like if you're going out with your friends every single night, like they don't have to come every night, but if other significant others are coming or like there, it's like a bigger thing. Like it's totally valid to tell them that it's important to you that they're there. Yes. I agree. Another question, I guess this, this can be the last one that we answer. Yeah. So somebody asked, should you always tell your significant other if you're experiencing relationship anxiety? Oh, I thought this was an interesting question. And I think I read, I don't remember exactly what you said, but I remember agreeing with you when you answered it. I don't think every single thing needs to be voiced at all. And I think we've talked about this on lots of different episodes, like with Case Kenny and like all sorts of like other guests we've we've talked about like the overthinking and what's coming up and I think there's a big difference like understand if this is like coming from your own anxiety and like you want to voice it just to get like validation back and like that's not necessarily healthy all the time I think there's certain anxieties that come up that are more on you and your confidence and your resolve comes from you. And I think there's other issues where, yes, it is extremely important to talk about it with your partner if you do need to like come to an agreement together. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that if it's something like you have anxiety, like outside of the relationship, and it's something that you think they, I mean, I, I think then they should be aware of it, that that's something that you are dealing with. Or if you already know that you're like an anxious dater or something like that, like you can definitely verbalize that to them. But that's pretty much like exactly what I said that I don't, I don't think you should like every time you're feeling anxious about the relationship, voice it to them. I think this is a situation where it's like so helpful to be in therapy also because like, I don't know, Mia has done more therapy than I have, but I feel like some of the things that like I've heard her say about it that make it sound appealing to me are the conversations that she's had with therapists about like how to verbalize things. So like talk to your therapist about like ways to bring it up to your partner and when Mm -hmm. might be the best time and like how you can have a conversation with them about it that might like kind of cover the ground versus like every time you're feeling anxious, just kind of like verbalizing it to them, like spitting it out. I feel like it needs to be more thought about before you discuss it with your partner. Yeah. And I think I was, I used to have more of an anxious attachment. I did bring on like a lot of trust issues from previous relationships into Dan. And I remember like one of the tips that my therapist said, which you might be referring to is when you bring up something in a conversation with your partner, have an idea of what your desired outcome would be. Like, what do you want them Mm -hmm. to say back to you? And I think that'll help you understand, is this like really just like this like clingy, like kind of like annoying feeling that's coming up with me, like an anxious feeling that I'm always having that is not going to be constructive to bring up every time I'm feeling it? Or is this something that I am actually hoping to change the behavior of my partner so I feel better? And I'm saying it this way and I, I know... Like I know what I'm saying and I know what I want It's the outcome. I have an expectation of what I'm hoping that you say and like give back to me as a result of this. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like that's the best advice. 
Well, I feel like we covered a lot of different topics today. We, we definitely had even so more fun. to cover. Next time we can talk more about attraction in a relationship because we've talked in the past few episodes mm. a little bit about like the spark early on, but we've been getting a lot of questions about attraction while dating and that ebbing and flowing. So that can be our next solo episode. Yes, I think that would be good. I loved this one. We covered a lot of fun topics. Yeah. So if you guys have any questions or topics you want us to talk about, definitely reach out. You can ask us questions every Thursday when we post our question box, or you can send us a DM if it's a longer situation. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and a review and share it with a friend, share it on your Instagram, tag us. We love your help getting the word out there and we appreciate you listening. Yes. Thank you so much. 